Are you ready to take your writing to the next level? Then welcome to the Book Editor Show. Join Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley each week as they teach you all the tips, tools, and techniques you need to move your book from manuscript to market. Visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books, and extras to make your old novel better than ever. Now, please welcome Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley. Welcome to the Book Editor Show, brought to you by Raven International Publishing. If you're looking for great editors, good book layout, or want to make more money with offline distribution, stop by www.raveninternationalpublishing.com and see what they can do for you. Today on the show, we'll help you navigate around the three biggest pitfalls of world building. I'm Clark Chamberlain, and if you are in need of serious world building help, there is only one clear choice. He's the man who mended the mines of Moria, repaved the yellow brick road, and untangled the wild web of Westeros. That man is my friend and co-host, Peter Turley. Peter, how's it going today? Fantasy um, construction jobs aren't as well paid as you'd think. Really? You know, the, yeah, the yellow brick road is really long. <laughs> Let me tell you. There's <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot of a uh, lot of sweat labor, working yeah. long hours. I mean, you meet some interesting folks though, so it has its pros. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pros. Got... Did you like that? Pun intended. Yes, I did. <laughs> So um, you are just getting back from uh, the south of France. How was yeah, that? hence the nice um, red British complexion I've got going on here. I'm clearly not used to, to so much sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was great. It's the perfect place to sort of, you know, crack open a, a book that you've been meaning to pick up in a while. Um, it just feels so right when you're in a place like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then how does that help you when you come back? And do you feel recharged and ready to jump back to work? Or does it feel like maybe I should have a few more days? <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like that, but not guilt-free. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it really does, you know. And I mean, I know we, we did that show on, on the 90-day challenge. And, um, you know, if anyone's not not checked that out, go back and listen to that. Um, and and it, it's helped in, in so many ways. I mean, like, today I just felt like taking the world on and... You know, I, I I got so much done. Um, after five days away from like fitness goals, I made like amazing progress after a five day break, and mm-hmm. I was I was like, yeah, you just feel so energized and ready to tackle projects that you've kind of shelved for a little while. Um, and it's weird, isn't it, how you almost need that space? It's kind of like when you you shelve um, a work of fiction and then you come back to it. It's almost like you know, you put your, your tasks and your goals aside for a little while, but then when you come back to them, you just see them in a, in a whole new way and you're, you're just ready to, to take them on. So, you know, I would definitely recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll see if I got the jet fixed yet. It was in the shop. Not sure if I'm ready to fly over there yet. Um. <laughs> I, do, I do hate flying though, so that bit wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you can actually, is there, is there a, Let's see, boat. Is there also a train tunnel system? Yeah, there's a, you can drive. Um, I've driven it before, it's, but it's like it's a two-day drive, which um, oh wow. I mean, probably isn't that. I mean, anything beyond like a two-hour drive to like a British person feels like well, it's the other side of the country, really. Yeah. <laughs> feels yeah. pretty far. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you know, for us, it's like oh, two-hour drive. That's just like going to get groceries. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's that's the daily commute. <laughs> uh-huh. 
<laughs> so, well, it's good to have you back, and uh, it's good to great be back. To, yeah, great to be able to get into this show. I'm excited, um, and and this is really, you know, you're the fantasy writer. Like this is even more up your alley into really helping us be able to see how we can make the most out of our world building and edit it properly. And so I'm excited to get into this and talk to this today. Yeah, I mean, world, world building is great fun. And it's hard not to get caught up in, in just the world building. It's that fun. And I think that's what draws a lot of people to fantasy in particular. Um, but it, it is also applicable to anything you write, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, whatever, um, whatever whether you're writing genre fiction or anything else, it, it's going to take place within a setting and within a world um, that's going to have to conform to certain rules and, and avoid similar pitfalls so i think you know um, a disclaimer that this isn't just applicable uh, to fantasy and and also the points that we're, we're going to discuss here again as as we always say are by no means um black and white hard and fast rules um but they're designed to increase uh, reader engagement which is obviously what what we try to do um so obviously by no means any of these are the only way to do it but I do think that these are the, the best things you, that you can do to in, increase that reader engagement and to keep them involved in the story. Yeah, and that's really good. And I, I want to hit on that point you were just making though, about, you know, that it's not just fantasy, it's not just sci-fi. Um, anything, like especially series books, like uh, making sure that your world's interconnected and that you're, you're not um, going off course because we're going to talk about rules here, you know, like if you've set something up in book one and you go to book three and all of a sudden the the situation has all of a sudden changed to make it easier for you to write it or edit it you know that you maybe you needed to take a little bit more time during that process of world building or the editing process to make sure that that's all connecting together yes definitely and i think that's where on the theme of taking breaks <laughs> that that's a good time to do it because you know when you suffer the like fatigue from writing and you know i think I can't recall a study, but I'm sure that I think they've more or less proven that, um, you know, we have a limited amount of self-discipline as when we start the day and the more decisions we make as the, we go through our day, um, it kind of wears that down. And you know, when you hear about people like, um, Mark Zuckerberg and or Obama and, and they were the same thing every day. And it's to limit that the amount of decisions that they have to make throughout the day, apparently. And I think that applies to this, whereas, you know, if you're, if you've been working too hard, you know, it can be constantly coming up with solutions to plot problems can, can be a difficult thing to be doing every day. And you need to take that break to make sure that you're, you're putting your best into it. And, you know, you're not just sort of breaking some of these rules that we're going to talk about in order to get something done more easily and to, to cut corners, which can happen when you're, you're faced with like writing fatigue or, you know, coming up with ideas on a daily basis. Exactly. And uh, let's go ahead and we'll dive right into these these uh, three things that are going to really help you avoid um, making these mistakes and avoiding these pitfalls. And I really like this first one um, because this does come, again, back to that thing about connecting with the reader and that idea that uh, your world has become too different and too unique from our own. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, it's – and this uh, – I'm going to start from a place of fantasy, but, you know, it can be fun to create something that's really unique and original. And, and I mean, that's half the point of it, you know, to remove ourselves from the everyday. And that's the great thing about storytelling. Um, 
but if it's important and you know this is a great pitfall because it is important that the world that the reader is immersing themselves in and is expected to believe um it must resemble our own models of reality enough to feel real um because if it's too unique and if it's too different it can break that suspension of disbelief um which again to go back to the early points um just simply decreases reader engagement which is the last thing we want to do and i think a good tip in a, to do this or to avoid doing this is to basically consider your target audience you know who you're writing for who's going to be reading it and, and what do they expect you know what worlds are they used to um so for example let's say a, a dystopian novel um the part of the appeal of a dystopian novel now that's i've chosen that example because they are they're very different from the world we live in you know they're a world gone wrong and it's it's basically something that <laughs> is nothing like the, the the world we're living in but the appeal yeah. of them is that they are possible so they are a model of a world or a situation built upon the world that we're currently living in and so so it is important that the reader can relate to it in that sense mm-hmm. and you know another way that uh, we can certainly bring this in is making sure that our characters are grounded in reality um it's because you can put in a character who feels like us today living here in the real world into a fantasy setting into a dystopian setting and they have the same emotional issues going on the same problems going on in their life and that can be a way to help bring that back in if you know if the world is is so unique and so different um because like it is pretty amazing isn't it like the worlds that some of these writers are creating out there and you get you can get immersed in them and just get sucked into this whole other thing and that's looking for those little anchor points that's going to hold us in position you know whether it's political intrigue or the um customs that are going on at the time or how people um have family structures or something like that you know that, that there's something there to ground us into yeah. our own life Yeah, I mean, um Game of Thrones, <clears throat> you know, a complete fancy world, magic and dragons, but it's based on the War of the Roses and the the aspects and the the political differences and the the crux of the story is built around something that has actually taken place historically. Um Terry Pratchett, <laughs> you know, one of the best world yeah. builders out there. Um and you know, at, at Moorport, crazy fantasy place. But he thrived his writing thrived on uh, subverting uh, tropes and and playing with ideas of things that existed in the real world such as football or something like that and he 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 twist it on its head and and kind of give us a new way to view things that we we already knew about um and i think it's it's trying to find a way to do that and obviously that's easier said than done but just being aware that these worlds even when they're completely fantastical have to ha- share a similar thread uh, with the world that we currently understand in order uh, to maintain reader engagement and and so that we don't break that suspension of disbelief and, and just so that it makes makes a little sense <laughs> yeah and i think you're going to be able to do one of the things you're going to want to do is you're hitting this process because certainly as the author you know exactly what this world looks like you see it and it does make sense to you and so 
you want to reach out to your beta readers and other people, you know, the alpha readers and say, hey, is this really confusing? Um, what's not working here? And because if you can get that feedback and they're just like, I just don't get it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's that moment you're like, what What are these little things that I can add in to avoid this or to, to bring this back up? And so you're looking at, like we've said, politics, character, um, place, just something that can help ground people yeah. back into the reality of it. I think that's a great tip, you know, and, and we've, we've done a show on... Um, beta readers and, yeah we've done a couple on that, that you and, and having having that checklist and or a, and you know you could have a world building checklist um like the things you just listed you know is is any of this jarring for you you know does the political structure seem believable um is, is there anything i've not explained because as you just said you know we know the world and it's easy to assume that it's going to come across believable and it and that the reader's going to just accept it Right. And um, let's take a look at a movie real quick. Uh, Captain America uh, Winter Soldier. This is the one that came out before the awesome Civil War movie right now. Um, <laughs> Do you like that movie? I, I liked it just about, you know, forever. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, the Winter Soldier, though, I think did world building really well because a superhero movie certainly asks us to suspend belief in many different areas. And that story was an espionage story that had a superhero in it. And so sometimes it's turning things like that. If you've got something that's so fantastical out there and you're bringing it back into a real world thing, you know, it's a fantasy with, it's a political intrigue set in a fantasy world. You know, like those are the types of things and how you can definitely circle this back. Yes. Yeah. I, I watched, um, Inception uh, the other day. Uh, I've, I've seen it a few times now, but fantastic film. Um, I know we always come back to films, but they're, they're a great a great way to to quickly, you know, um, explain something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so apologies for the film talk, but um, yeah, and and that's essentially. I mean, if, if you've seen the film, you know, it can be a bit complicated, and it's all about going into dreams and planting ideas. But at its heart. It's a heist movie, essentially. You know, it shares the same formula as something like Ocean's Eleven, um, th those sorts of films. You know, you're, a group of people get together and they need to break into somewhere and do something. Um, so, it, so it shares that that commonality um, with our world and with films and books that we already know, um, and then it builds upon that and does something different with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I think that's probably the core of this first thing is that you're just trying to connect this together. Which I'm um, plugged myself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've still got you as well. Um, well, let's jump into the next one though, and and this is being a world without rules. Yes, and again, um, initially coming from a place of uh, fantasy, and, th and this out of the three probably is the most applicable uh, to fantasy. Um, but again, just as we can get caught up in making a unique and original world, I think that we can also get caught up in creating something so magical that we we don't want to put any restrictions on it. Um, because that's that's fun. That is so much fun to write. And, you know, writing and editing should be fun, and it really helps. But again, if we're, if we're considering the reader, um, it can be helpful to decide clearly at the beginning you know, what's going to be possible within the world and, and what isn't. Um, and that is simply uh, to avoid uh, things such as uh, deus ex machina, 
or you know um like we just said you know suffering from writing fatigue and you come up with something to solve a problem that doesn't make sense in the world mm -hmm. so you know we need to be aware of our world rules so that we don't break them you know as we're writing them and a, a good example of this uh, a lot of people think that and I've, i'd almost be inclined to agree that um Spoiler alert for Lord of the Rings, but, well, should have read it, should have seen it. <laughs> when the eagles come to save them from the mountain at the end of the film um, was arguably a deus ex machina. It was a, a plot device designed to get them out of a situation which would have taken a lot of writing out of, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. And I think to just to avoid that happening and... and bringing the reader out of the story, if we're aware of what, what can happen, because then it's sort of like, you know, well, why didn't the Eagles come earlier? And it, raise, it raises questions that we don't really want to be raising. Um, but if we consider what are the rules, you know, what are the rules of the, the magic system, but also out of fantasy, you know, if we're, if we're doing um, any horror, for example, you know, what are the laws? Um, what's... What's going to be acceptable for this character to do within this world? Um, if we're talking about romance, what are the social norms? What, how, how will the world view this relationship that's taking place, um, given who these two people are? You know, what's acceptable um, and what's not acceptable? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, let's say crime dramas as well. You know, if you're doing a procedural. Um, book you know making sure that you're doing the the police work properly the detective work properly and that that things aren't jumping uh jumping around too much so that you're losing the audience's um belief in your ability to tell the story the right way and that you're not just solving all the problems like you said just by calling in the eagles <laughs> yeah i watched it have you seen um it's on on netflix at the minute um jessica jones mm-hmm the, the Marvel series. Um, yes. I watched that. You know, I thought it was quite good. But every now and then, and I, I may be wrong, I felt like they did this occasionally. Um, and as she's a PI, and, you know, she, so you think, okay, maybe she has a deeper understanding of the law. But things would take place that were just so crazy and people had just been murdered all over the place. And she'd just, she'd just come up with some, like, crazy excuse like oh just say this happened uh, and and we'll just walk away from the situation i'm like hang on you know there was just like a mass murder <laughs> in the middle of the, yeah. like there's gonna be something's gonna happen because of this and being a pi i don't think is enough to lean on in in terms of plot that's probably just me being really picky but it but it opened my <laughs> it opened my eyes to this you know hang on this is supposed to be a world similar to ours with similar laws and similar rules um, and it, it didn't quite fit. <laughs> right. And then it makes it more difficult to get through the rest of the story. So um, Jessica Jones in particular, like I, I skipped a lot of that <laughs> because I was, <laughs> just to get to the end, because I wanted just to see how it wrapped up. But, you know, it, it seemed to change different rules of the superpowers that were going on as well, like at different yeah. times and wasn't particularly clear on on everything and so making sure that things are clear from story to story especially in a series like a series you can really end up writing yourself into a problem because maybe these you had the rules operating one way in book one and two and you're like oh but it, wouldn't it be really cool if in book three they did this and then that totally goes in the face of everything that you put before and so it's really you know it's this is where you're really going to do your editing work and make sure that you're connecting these things together
and definitely make sure you're clear on this yeah and and clear so you've, you 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 know you can be confident in yourself that the things the solutions that you're coming up with make sense um and if we go back to fantasy for a minute um brandon sanderson um absolutely amazing fantasy writer came up with um like sanderson's laws of magic um and they're just worth you know if you've if you've not checked them out check them out um and and they're worth reading just to to understand this concept you know even more um for, i'll just read the first one for example um he said he suggests that an author's ability to solve conflict with magic is directly proportional to how well the reader understands said magic and it's all based around you know magic having its limitations what it can do what it can't do but what i take from that is stressing to authors that you must really understand I, here it's magic systems but i think any anything that involves rules you know so it could be um a political group with it within your story but you know understanding what what this entity can do and what it can't do um because if we go back to lord of the rings for a second um in the films particularly it's quite unclear what what gandalf's capable of mm -hmm. um and and that just ra that raises questions you know <clears throat> the um the battle of which is the one where he rides in is it minas tirith uh, no, we're oh, Helm's Helm's Deep. Deep. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's like we don't know what he's doing and how how he's going about it. And I just think that there are little road bumps that can kind of bring you out the story a little bit when it, if it's not clear. People might disagree. You know, it, it can add mystery, it can add intrigue, it can it can serve in other ways. But I just think understanding rules where rules need to be understood is a, a really it's a great place for you to start as an author or an editor so you can confidently work through your project with you know with faith in yourself and faith in your story because mm -hmm. we want we want to have conflict we want to have our heroes get into big problems and we don't want to have an easy out i mean if the magic system for instance in fantasy is just so powerful that this you know that your wizard character just snaps his fingers and everything is fine every time they get into a problem you know like that's the type of stuff you want to know, like um, being able to to put other stressors involved. Um, my uh, my son Jonah finally, or not finally, I finally read Aragon, which my son Jonah has been asking me to do for quite some time. And that magic system is really interesting because uh, it exhausts the main character. You know, like he becomes fatigued, you know, could pass out, needs to eat, all this kind of stuff. And so, so you can see um, that kind of. Uh, limitation so that the magic can't just solve all the problems yeah i'm i, I can't believe you've only just read aragon but um we'll move we'll move we'll move past that <laughs> <laughs> no i i thought that was and that was um that was self-published i think initially i'm um, i'm not sure he was really young when he did them yeah so. he was a, he was a teenager and he self-published it and i think he went around schools selling it to uh to school kids you know before it got bought out um but i i think it's a good it it's a, I don't think it was that well received in the fantasy world initially, but I think it's a great book. Yeah. Especially so, uh, if you like Star Wars. So, yeah. yes, yes. Same. In fantasy world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. The, the, the mentor and it, it really takes uh -huh. off the, the he hero's journey, really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It does, does a good job with it, though. So, um, 
And uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and we'll move to our third one here, and that's uh, not considering consequences. Um, you know, a world is still a single entity. Yeah, um, and th this was, um, I think this is one of the, the biggest, the easiest mistakes to make. I mean, there are, these are the three biggest, I think. Um, so they're all easy to make, but, you know, um, I, I, I imagined it as sort of, you know, the world is, is kind of like a big pond and, you know, anything that happens in there, any, any plot event is going to create ripples throughout that world and it's going to affect other things. So even though the story might just be about the plot, it's taking place within a world and something's going to happen because the plot happened, so to speak. Um, so if something happens politically, then that could, well, that could very well change the world after or, or during the, the timeline of the plot. Um, anything to do with religion or magic, that these things are all going to impact one another within the story. Um, and, you know, this can be used to our advantage and can really add a, another level and enrich the story by, you know, crossing these things over and, and showing the effects. Um, mm -hmm. I think Harry Potter did this really well. Um, so, you know, things that were, were taking place within the ministry and Ministry of Magic and changes that were happening there had a direct impact on the school, which then directly affected Harry's life um, and, and the story itself. Um, and I think considering how, and, and then things that he was doing were affecting the, the politics of magic. Um, and I think that that interaction uh, and, and the consequences and the, the chain of effects is, you know, it really adds something to the story, but it's something that, we, we can't forget about, you know, we can't ignore because the re the reader isn't stupid. <laughs> and if something, <laughs> if something world changing takes place, then they're going to expect to see uh, world changes. Right. Especially when we're talking about moving from one book to another book. You know, so let's say you've got the first book finished and you had a big event take place. And then in book two, you're like, Oh, I just kind of want to still play in the same world I built in book one without changes, you know, and you're editing this. Like that's the type of stuff we're talking about here. You know, that's like you've got to pay attention to these things and you've got to make sure that you're doing it the right way. Cause, um, yeah. You, and, but this should be, this should be awesome for you. This should be opportunity, yeah. you know, but sometimes we forget to do this. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, to go back to what we, I said at the beginning, you know, this isn't, this is by no means the, the way you have to do it. You know, you do what you want to do. It's just that I think that anything else, you know, the, the will be stories where, you know, the, the world doesn't change. And, but I would say that these are exceptions to the norm. And like you said, it's a, it's a great opportunity to, you know, yes, you've built a world and you're, you're proud of it and it's amazing. And that is amazing. And then you, you want to stay there, but that's good because if you want to stay there, then hopefully the reader wants to stay there and they then become invested. So then when you play with that and you make changes to this world, hopefully that emotionally affects the reader and it, it just gives you a chance to to have your world evolve because of what's happening within it and you know it becomes character driven and world driven and it, it is an opportunity so you know this isn't us saying don't do this <laughs> but you know it's <laughs> it's here's an opportunity to increase reader engagement and you know to really have your world become 
a deeper part of, of the story. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the, the world should be a character in your story, in, in any story, you know, like that should be playing a, a major part of what's taking place because that's life, right? I mean, where we live and where we work and where we do these things, these things play a huge impact into our life and how we um, interact with other people and the choices that we make. And it should be the same for the characters in the book. Yeah. And I, and I mean, you know, you get, um, say, like TV soaps, um, you get people are always murdering people, but you know, they're supposed to be heavily based in reality. And so, you know, that, right. The, that character, they're going to have to go to prison at some point, you know, it's going to have to come out and because it has to represent the consequences of, of reality. So if you're writing a horror and someone kills someone in self-defense, you know, you have to think, well, what's going to happen because of that within this story and, I'm not, I'm not saying make your story really boring and have the, have the character <laughs> <with the> trial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it can really increase tension. It can increase conflict. You know, they can be in direct conflict with the rules of the world. Um, it, it can increase tension because it affects the decision. It limits the decisions that the character can make. Um, and I think, you know, just asking, asking ourselves the question, what are the implications of what's happening in the plot? Um, can can really help us when when trying to consider the the consequences, and that's that's one of the things I think is really a cool um, thing that you can use when you're editing and you're trying to find because a lot of times when people when you're writing you're like man the middle is kind of just boring and this is a great way to punch up the middle is that you have an event that's happening towards the beginning uh, fourth of the book towards the beginning half of the book. Um, and then like maybe the hero is rising to the occasion, but then this change has happened that makes a hero unable to continue on in that path that he thought he was going to go on and uh, that it was going to be awesome. But instead you've added more problems because of this. And that really can punch up that center section of your story to, uh, to add a lot more conflict to it that'll last throughout the rest of it. Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, <laughs> I think we all suffer from saggy middles at some point in our lives. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm suffering from one right now. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, add some conflict in there. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, I definitely have some conflict. <laughs> but yeah, you, I think middles, per, I personally find, find, think they're the hardest thing to write. Um, beginnings and endings are tremendous fun. Middles, really tough and as you say yeah that's that's this is a great place a great opportunity to to find the conflict that that's needed to, to boost that yeah because we i think every problem that we're faced in editing and in writing is actually a solution or is actually a, an opportunity to make the story much better than what it is and um, you just got to grab hold of those and understand you know by learning from us here and uh, <laughs> and making things better and making your story work harder for you. And um, don't don't feel like, oh goodness, I don't know what to do with this and I, I, it would be simpler if I did it this way. Don't go for the simple route. Make it work so that the, the reader will really engage with it. And you're gonna be much happier with the book that you're left with. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think we ever mean to sort of overwhelm and you know, although this, 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 these tips and this 
everything we've talked about here can sound overwhelming. Like, oh, have I got to consider all of this through every action that takes place? And no, by no, no, you don't at all. But just taking one of these things or one of these tips and applying it to the your current story or your current plot or your current chapter will will help, and it'll just help. You know, it'll give you ideas. It'll you'll solve problems. Um, and I think picking any one of these is going to enrich your story. And you know, by no means do we have to tick every box with everything we write. <laughs> right. Yeah. So other than that, you end up with the Phantom Menace. So like, it's just <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> what's what's wrong with that? Well, nothing. There's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> but uh, you know, so that and that's a that's a reference to you know those heroes' journeys. Like it's you don't have to do everything that the hero's journey says. You can just you can kind of pick and choose. It's just making it feel like it, right? <laughs> so um, <laughs> it could be it could just be like a hero's outing. You know, yeah. it, doesn't to, it doesn't have to be an entire journey. <laughs> Heroes picnic. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think it's a good name for a book. <laughs> as long as Jar Jar isn't there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Peter, do you have anything else that you wanted to add on these? Um, no, like I say, you know, just, you know, pick, pick one of these tips and um, whatever you're working on now. Um, apply it to that and, and and see how you go and you know let us let us know if it helps mm -hmm. yeah absolutely let us know because we want to we not we want to know that this stuff is working for you so um and that kind of wraps up our time for today if you like the show please leave us a review on itunes a plus on google or like on youtube and if you're an editor who'd like to be a guest on the show stop by the bookeditorshow.com and drop us an email also don't forget stop by our website because you can download right now um, ways to help engage, the secrets to help engage with your reader. And that's going to be a fantastic worksheet that you can go through your book, your manuscript right now, and see where you can target better and where you can punch it up even more. Um, I'm Clark Chamberlain, and for my co-host, Peter Turley, keep writing, keep learning, and build a better book. Thank you for listening, and come back next week for more. Please visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books and extras, and for information on how to be a guest on the show.